Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios. They spiked it on first down, wasted that. Right. Did I lose you both? Good Lord. All right. This is the Press Box. Did we just lose Tyler? Oh, okay. Yes, it does. It looks like we've lost Tyler and uh, Ed. Well, this is good. With Graney and Bischoff. Oh, that's great, Jared. On ESPN Las Vegas. Oh, thank you, Jared. I'm an idiot. Featuring Lindsey Brown. That's the morning zoo. Here we go. Ed, Lindsey, Jared. Woo! <laughs> I almost didn't get the. I almost didn't. I was so excited about this. I almost didn't get the headphones on. Did you see that? Right, locked I and mean, loaded now though. Yeah, you, you, Jared played that opening. I'm like, oh my god, the headphones aren't on. Yeah, very it's, excited. A, it's an experience because oh, I haven't been on the show for very long, so I hear almost everything for the first time. You guys run a run a good program here. You got some funny clips here and there. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Not many here and there. What do you think? Yeah, no, the, the, the point is the jokes. The jokes are more important than the the sports. Yeah. The sports. Correct. It's, I like to call it stats and stupid. They we are really slowly that. taking, what is it, like 10-time uh, sports Nevada Sports Writer of the Year, Ed Graney? No, stop it. Stop uh, it. We're trying to take whatever credibility he has. You Hall of Famer just, yet? We're just slowly. Stop it. <laughs> we got we to gotta write some letters. I, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the reason he's not a Hall of Famer is no one's filled out the paperwork. Yeah. Stop it. It's not true. There's a DocuSign app we could find for that, I'm sure. We're going to let you know where Tyler is a little later. If you haven't listened to the show this week, which you probably haven't. Uh, Taking one for the team. Well, he was in prep about, about an hour ago, and I think the procedure's just about to start. So uh I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Yeah. The first bite. How much does Phil Kessel's Iron Man streak matter? All right. Interested to get your thoughts on this. We talked to Ben Goetz yesterday, and he thought it mattered a lot. And I, th- I agreed with him. Like, the you played hockey, and it's a really rough game, mm-hmm. and guys are always trying to hit you, and skates are flying, and, you know, there's bumps and bruises. And for him to play this many consecutive games, I think, is really, really impressive. I mean, you just... Did you have the flu one night? Did right. you have a cold? Did you just not want to be there? Like, hockey is such a grind, especially around when January rolls around. It just becomes this monotonous kind of pilgrimage you make into this little icebox and everything. It, it's truly uh, a marvel to see what he's been able to do, and especially with just what we know about Phil the person and what we know about Phil the athlete because there's so much uh, steam to what are you putting in your body? How much uh, pl- plyometrics are you doing? Are you stretching? Yoga. Are you, are you do- stretching? Like, and I don't think he does any of that. Phil just kind of shows up at the rink yeah. and does what he does. And it works Which for Which makes him. it more impressive, right? Absolutely it does. I think it actually enables him to, to get to this point in the streak because there's something to be said about doing too much, about being too finely tuned of a machine. And hockey, as you mentioned, being such a physical game, not just one that with the big hits but the little ones, that things just kind of bounce off of him. He doesn't put himself in compromising positions. He's one of the least hit guys in the league historically. And he has some of the best vision that we've seen of his generation. He'll go down as so he one of He can see it coming. Absolutely. And he just he knows how the game works and he can get into the he can get in those quiet areas. And that's why he's able to to get pucks across to get all the assists that he's been able to and, and be a scoring threat as well. I mean, last night, guys, <laughs> the NHL had such an opportunity. No more slamming on the table. I know. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. The NHL <laughs> had hates when I do that. such an opportunity 
and they overturned his 400th goal. Like, yeah. Uh, versus Toronto, tying the Ironman streak. The building was wired. It was, it was wired. It was amazing. I wasn't there, but I heard it. Yeah, it was It was incredible. And I guarantee you that Phil will want the puck from last night that wasn't 400 more than the actual 400th goal that he'll eventually score because that's his personality. Well, did you see the trainer putting the tape it's, on yep, the end yep, and writing the it special. out? And the special, the I, special goal? I guarantee you he's like, I want that one. I, I thought He doesn't like the attention. He doesn't. He, it's no, not he within his personality. He's I don't a guy's think he likes guy. attention. Seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Gets a little, you know, when your crowd around the locker gets a little low, when is this going to end? Yeah. He'll answer the questions. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he answers the questions. He's a total pro. Right. But you can tell. You're in the locker room a lot. I mean, you can tell the guys who embrace it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any really embrace it, but really, you know, play with it and, and go with it. Yeah. And he just seems like a guy who, like, knows it's part of the job, knows it's part of the profession, total pro. Right. But probably waiting until the lights go off on the cameras. Yeah. He's what we would probably call in the locker room, like, a Dua Lipa teammate, where there's a lot of levitation for him in, in terms of how he can cut into the tension that can basically build up because – when you're not scoring, when you're not winning, like just look at what's happening in the Vancouver Canucks right now, like circling they were supposed the to be drain. Better, by the way. Oh yeah, they're they're not they're not even close. Like their captain is like, one of the most depressed quotes I've seen come out of uh, the hockey world in years of just being like, it feels like we're never going to win again. They could use a guy like Phil Kessel because he just doesn't take it as seriously. And there's different guys that can do that. Mark Andre Fleury used to be like that in terms of he would pull pranks. He would just always kind of know what to say to lighten the mood and fills the exact same way. He doesn't bring it out to us uh, as members of the media, but no. in the locker room, the stories that you're hearing coming from teammates is a lot of big time writers are, are doing big pieces on him for the Ironman streak for his journey and stuff. It, it, it just seems like there's not a guy that isn't a fan of his. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a huge Huge addition to this locker room and, and a culture that certainly needed that, especially over the last couple of seasons. Now, let's get back to the 400th goal. Yep. Okay. He scores The greatest it. moment in sports he history. He scores it. The place, you said, goes absolutely nuts. It's mm-hmm. announced. Yeah. Goal. First goal of, of his Golden Knights career. Yep, correct. And all of a sudden, the, Toronto takes a timeout. Yeah. Which I thought. But Very the smart are, by and, Sheldon. Yes. And not, at first, the announcer said, well... That's maybe a good time. They're not starting off well. Maybe he wants to say something right away. I didn't even know they were challenging. It looked like he just took a timeout. I'm right there with you. I was sitting next to Eddie Rivkin, and he's just like, have you ever seen somebody take a timeout so early? I'm like, well, yeah, if you're down 3 nothing with three three minutes into the game, I've seen I've been part of those games myself. But then, but as, you were never down three zero. Oh, I have. I have been. We, we usually pulled out the victory anyways, despite myself. But, um, <laughs> you know, once the, the crowd started to kind of settle down and all of a sudden we're all looking up at the monitors up in the press box and we're like, is there offsides? And when you kind of realize, oh, so this actually isn't just like, let's take a breath. This is let's double check and get this challenge. I thought it was a good move by Sheldon, obviously, but what a response just like within the next 30 seconds for that, for that same line to go out and score. And Nick, I mean, he almost had Nick it Wall. again. He almost had it, Nick, Nick Wall had to put it. his stick up and, and, bank it in and it was hilarious because phil went to the bench after scoring the not scoring the goal and he's sitting next to nick and they're reviewing it and nick you can see as they're talking i can't believe it this is bs like that's <laughs> awful because it's just of all the things that could happen everybody i think in that building including fans in toronto would say what a moment let's let that moment be right. but we got the rules are the rules now the offsides on carlson yep we talked about this before the show got a little help little shove there yeah offsides You've played, you've said you've seen even worse where 
they're coming up on a guy, and they will literally oh, pound yeah. him across the line if they think it's going to be offsides. Any advantage that you can get, and and especially with how poorly the the Toronto Maple Leafs came out the gate, you're just trying to look to create some sort of traction for yourself, or at least get disruption on the other side. And so it was a good play, not obvious enough for it to be like an interference call or something like that. It has to be very, very obvious. But um, you know, a missed opportunity, but still uh, a very good moment that I, it was nice to just witness and be a part of, even though it wasn't technically real. I, I tweeted after I'm like, what's worse, the Phil's non 400th goal or the Anthony Edwards dunk that never was a couple of years ago because he got called for offensive charge. He was like one of the best dunks we've ever seen. Maybe Phil. Yeah, I think Phil. It was that such a good been narrative. Such a historic narrative. Yeah. Since any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions I have, Phil. Correct. <laughs> the Phil asking questions now? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't think Phil doesn't like He wants nothing to do Phil with doesn't that. like answering questions, never mind t- asking them. Yeah. He doesn't like asking. All right, three. so 3-1 three, win. Mm-hmm. You were there. I was. Uh, top line. Let's know about that because Stevenson was causing havoc all night. Yeah, which is very enthusing to see, especially him getting moved back to the wing position. He's played center historically since he's yep. uh, since he's been here. And, you know, him and Mark Stone are kind of a package deal. They're probably one of the only constants on this roster. And so I don't. I don't want to like hype it up where he, oh, Shaler Stevenson, he's another low, but you have to account for the, for Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. Like they're going to take away a lot of pressure from Chandler Stevenson. Right? So I think that's wh- where he can succeed, even though he's not playing his natural position because he's going to be able to clean up the garbage in front of the net. It's, it's great to be the worst person on your line sometimes. That's a good point. Yeah. In terms of Eichel and Stone, yeah. where if you don't know Who where you they cover? are, yeah, who are you going to cover? Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you about the Misfits back together. You like it? I like it. I like it a lot. They do such a good job of cycling in the offensive zone, and the Golden Knights are still trying to figure out exactly how they're running their offense in a, in a more consistent way. And when I talked to Bruce Cassidy post game a, a few nights ago about a lot of the lateral outlet passes they were making as they were going in on zone entries and stuff and how many turnovers that caused them, like they need to drive low at the very least and at the net. Um, at least in the ideal situations. And they just know where each other are. They know that they what body positioning they need to be in and, and to maintain that possession. And I think that's those are big minutes and great momentum driving plays for a team that is still learning how to generate that that without scoring on a consistent basis. I like your questions. Your questions are like your tweets. Thank you. You know, at nine fifteen we're gonna really make Jared mad at us. Why? Well, we're going to do Lindsay's tweets for VGK tickets, and Jared is just going to look at me like he wants to throw me out of the studio. But it's the morning zoo, so we're trying to do some crazy things here. I like Jared's it. Jared's still not looking up at me because he's really unhappy no that contact. at 9.15, what we're going to ask him to do. Uh, oh, no, he's now he's put the hand in the face. You got 16 hours of sleep yesterday. I think you'll be ready for this. I think you overestimate how good our <laughs> phone lines are. <laughs> That's fair, especially with how you have to whip around with that thing. I think what? How old is that phone? Is that a nineteen ninety six model over there? Oh, ninety six! Wow, you you're really nice. I'm to just it. I know I know high quality when I see it. She basically did the equivalent of oh, I didn't know you had a sister to someone's <laughs> mother. Like that that phone's from like nineteen seventy eight. 
Well, listen in on 9.15 if you want to win VGK tickets, because we're going to do Lindsay's tweets. And if you're going to tell us exactly what she's talking about or what she means, you might have a chance to win the tweet. Yeah, the, if we run out of tweets, we can just look at my notes. Do you have the I'm tweets like, ready? I, I have two tweets ready that I sent you yesterday. I was searching for some other ones. I didn't ones understand the, either of them. Uh, well, that's, that's a great thing. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe it, I'll win the tickets. It'll be brilliant or it'll be brutal. We'll find out. Last couple things from last night. Petrangelo's final shift. Maybe he should be the Iron Man. Over three minutes. What's Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's really struggled out the gate this year. Really? He's had a really tough time. Yeah. And and I don't know if it's just because, you know, as you get older, it becomes harder and harder just to kind of keep up. And he wasn't really like on in the preseason either. Like some of these guys take it a little bit more seriously than others. But uh, I'm seeing better things from him as the season goes on. But there's the defensemen haven't been the problem, but they haven't been the solution either. But they're not supposed to be the solution this year. And so for me, Petrangelo's big evolution is – how do we take the the keys out of your hands every play? Like you don't have to break out the puck and take it all the way down to yourself. You don't have to it's be not dangling. What to do. Exactly. You don't have to be dangling at the top of the point and looking to wire shots. You're like there's a diversification of the offense. There's an emphasis on getting pucks lower and and driving the offense from the lower offensive zone. And so I I think that it will take responsibility off and allow him to be a little bit more defensively responsible. But you got to get your uh, your timing down and, and everything else. And I just think that it's not quite there for him yet. And same thing to Alec Martinez as well. All right, let me ask you one final question because we're going to ask this question after any time they beat someone good. Are the Maple Leafs good right now? Well, they're the Maple Leafs. They're, they're, they were 4-2 coming in. Yeah. 4-2 coming in. I mean, I just... I don't Tavares know. Tavares takes a shot and then comes back. He's a tough guy. Well, he took the shot and then he got like his leg kicked out from under him all in one motion. So I'm like, there's the contusion part that I'm worried about. Like, but I, when I saw the first play, I Dr. was just like Lindsay. ACL because I, I've seen a million people get slew footed and blow out their knee, and so it just seemed like he fell really awkwardly. Again, I hope it's just a contusion, but if it's not, there could be some real structural damage there. They they, they get slew footed. Yeah, we call them salute. Let's when you like kick out somebody's skates from behind them, and it can be really bad if See, the weight is, is on the leg. A, this is going to be in a tweet. Did Did you know that, Ed? Because no, I this, guarantee our audience was just like, yeah, S L E W. This is one of the dirtiest plays you can have in in the game of hockey because they can happen unintentionally. But I've I've had teammates that have skated down to a girl in the corner and kicked out her leg right there, and where they've blown out their knee on purpose because you know they cross checked her a little bit. Who'd you play with? A lot of uh, a lot of ramblers. Let's just say that a lot of ramblers. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, quick question, because we're gonna ask it after any time they play good. Are they Stanley Cup contenders? Or are they? Yeah, absolutely. They're, really? the, they're in the top of the Western really? Conference what right now. You mean? can't argue with where with how they're playing. And uh, people could say, "Well, the schedule's light right now." Well, you gotta you gotta Sharks play the games tonight? you play. They play the Jets again. By the way, the Jets are coming in Sunday. How many times are they gonna come in? I know, seriously, and I'm sure they'll put the in Ducks Connor Hell about this time. What a start! What a schedule! That's what I'm saying. You gotta take care of the 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 games that are before you. And so I, I I'm very enthused with what I've seen in terms of early returns. I thought last night was it was a great game overall. And it'll be a really tough challenge for them tonight because back-to-back, it's a tough thing. Uh, At least on. they got the rivals, and I would expect Aiden Hill in the Nets tonight. It's the Sharks. Kessel's going to get that record. All right, off and running on the new morning zoo. It's Ed, Lindsay, and Jared. We'll tell you where Tyler is in a bit. Uh, the procedure's underway. Back after this. Whenever you know we get everybody back and healthy, it'll be awesome. But that doesn't guarantee that we'll win more games. You know, uh, it just guarantees that you know all our guys are back and we have an opportunity to uh, get better with everybody there. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Featuring Lindsey
Brown. Oh, got that in there. Ed, Lindsay, Special Jerry. Things. Special thing. That's right. Tyler's what? out today. Uh, Josh, that was Derek Carr coming back. He thinks everyone's healthy. Uh, and we'll see what that means going forward because they are in a, what we thought from the beginning, Lindsey Brown was the, shall we say, easy part of the schedule to where they could rack up some wins, and they sure. better do that. Josh Jacobs, I want to read you this from ESPN. Third player in Raiders franchise history to record 150 scrimmage yards and score TD in three consecutive games. Join Clem Daniels, the great Clem Daniels, and Marcus Allen. Uh, so there's a couple things here. Um, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. So people thought they didn't do that because it was going to be running back committee like McDaniels Mm -hmm. and and Ziegler done in New England. Now the kind of senses, and he's playing out of his mind, are they running him more and more in the ground knowing that this will be his only year? Or do you think he's playing so well they've got to rethink this and try to sign him long-term, which would be, I'm guessing, unless they do something uh, creative like Vinny Bonsignori said on Twitter yesterday, uh, salary-wise for the cap, they would have owed him eight million if they picked up the option. Now they might owe him even more if they if they go long term. Yeah, that's a that's a gamble that they certainly I think are probably taking a second look at. But it's just the devaluation of the running back position over the last like ten years or so. That's probably the smart play every time, and you're getting the best result from your player. And so, at least with the NFL, you can rework salary very easy. It's not right. like a guaranteed contract in the NBA or the NHL where it's just like you. This is this is you're what screwed. you are. Um, but I, I've just been really impressed with his ability to swim through traffic this year. I think that's been what's hobbled him in the last couple seasons. And maybe it's just because he was banged up or the he was O-line. Injured, and, banged and, up. Right. And you just you get that initial contact and you just don't have as much push. But he it's not like he's running him up the gut every time, but he's not getting to the outside. He's just kind of slowly going on that shallow angle and then breaking through some really good tackles. And he's the offense right now and a consistency that this team so sorely needs. Is that dangerous that he's the offense and they are not relying as much on the pass because tape's going to be out there. Yep. Eventually they're going to play better defenses. Um, well, we don't know when because this is kind of the this is kind of the mode. Although New Orleans and coming up Jacksonville on the road won't be easy because nothing's easy on the road. Well, and is Jacksonville that... is underperformed. I True. think, better, I think they're a much better team than their record. True. You can go there and lose. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Do you think that this is in detriment to them that they rely on him so much because eventually they'll catch up to him? Or is that silly because whatever's working you go with mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, he's going for 150 a week. Now, that's not going to keep up. No. He's not going to keep he, – he'd be set career records back-to-back. Last week he had over 150 yards from scrimmage. That's not going to keep up. No. Um, I, I think it's probably more on the detrimental side, just given his his injury history and and how he's played. I mean, I was listening to at whatever whoever the Cowboys were playing the other day, Detroit, Detroit. That's the twa. Come on, about how they like, they want Zeke Elliott like fresh and ready to go in the latter half of the season in the playoffs, and that's something that they were missing over these last few years when they do make the playoffs. And I, I would think if we're still considering that, which it's still technically a possibility. How how can uh, one guy sustain this much usage throughout the entire season? And and yes, it's a problem because where is this money invested on this team? It's in the wide receivers. It's in the, it's wide in the receivers, quarterback. It's in the quarterback. Correct. It's in the tight end. Correct. And so, but they aren't working. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the best. Point. Right. And so that's the thing, though, is like you you need to get those guys up to speed. They need to perform. They need to execute at the level. And the longer that they that 
that diversification doesn't happen, the more problems it's going to cause for this offense on the stretch. And as you said, they haven't been able to rack up the wins in the early parts of the season. So what's it going to be like later on? When the schedule gets a lot tougher. Exactly. Uh, I do think that what he's done, and look, all the offseason, what do we talk about? The offensive line, the offensive line, it's going to stink. They just don't have an offensive line. This is going to be the detriment to the team. Mm-hmm. He's not going for 150 a week if they're not improving somewhat uh, discernibly. If they're, if they're not pr- improving uh, somewhat, he's not going for 150 a week. So good sign for the offensive line. I mean, absolutely. You, you, can't, you, have to, you can't sit there and say, well, he's just doing it all on his own. Um, Josh McDaniels praised Colton Miller and Andre James yesterday as good leaders. Mm-hmm. And I do think some of the guys, maybe Dylan Parham and others that they you know, hoped would come in and play as, as a rookie, um, are getting better each week. Um, and I, I think this is a good sign for the offensive line that he's doing this as a running back. I think you get more pride out of a running game too. If you're an offensive line, like it's great when they have a great passing touch. I keep the pocket clean, like all that others. But when you're running the ball, I feel like, like you have a much bigger hand in that success. And so it's easier for that to snowball. It's easier for you to get that confidence about yourself and lock in, maybe not be so frantic when the plays are called, you know, it's just when you're able to elevate like that and you have a trusted, a player that it's going to get done there's less BS that you fall victim to. And Jared said it right. Um, the others aren't aren't stepping up as much as everyone thought. Now, there's injuries involved here. Yep. Rento's been banged up. We know about Waller. But this seems to me that if he's continuing to run like this, it, 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 can, it can't help them. It, it can only help them to open up the passing game right. and, get, and get things moving towards that realm. Right. But aren't they doing like a lot of tosses to the side to Jacobs? And so that's how he's getting down instead of doing just like a handoff and then running up the gut. Like that's not going to open things up for the quarterback or the passing game as much as running up the gut would, but you're not getting as much success that way. And so I I just think it's a great, it's a great hammer to have right now, but you got to use the other tools in the toolbox. I like that toolbox reference. Thank you. You can put that in a t-shirt as well. Can I put that on a t-shirt? I mean, Jared? we've got plenty of T-shirt ideas. We just don't have, you know, the resources to those damn go. budgets. Yeah, get the, the way of all of our fun. Tyler and I have wanted a hockey is dumb T-shirt for I don't Forever. know. Yeah, where's sales? Miles. That yeah, where is sales? I, they keep there's a literal glass wall between <laughs> us and sales. Yeah, Tyler came out with sales yesterday. We all kind of uh, wanted to end the show at that point. With the, yeah, uh, well, that was that was me putting on my manager tag and going like, okay, well, I'm just going to go into my turtle in, shell. He switched into manager yesterday when Tyler brought up sales. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's speaking management. of the diversification of position over there, you wear many hats. I Well, I try not to wear any hats unless I wake up late and don't have a chance to do my hair, but yeah, I understand the either. reference. You didn't wake up late today, buddy. You got those good 16 hours. I can't believe you slept that long. It's impressive. I mean, like, did you go straight through? Yeah. Did you move? That's amazing. Do you have like a sleep app that tracks your stuff? No, that sounds fancy. Well, I have have an alarm that basically if you set it to, it'll wake you up in the best part of a half hour window. So like whenever you're, you're most out of your REM sleep, but it'll track your movements during the night. So sometimes look at it. Uh, Not a lot of movement. That's usually a bad sign. (laughs) You're just like, is that off your watch? No, no, I don't let, I don't wear my watch and I sleep. Like I try to keep the technology out of like tracking everything that I do, but I do need an alarm clock. And so that one is kind of nice. It's like, wake me up at some point between 4.10 and 4.40 this morning, whatever is the best time between those. Cause I have to be up by that point. But if it means earlier and I'm not as groggy, that's fine with me. All right. Good stuff there. Four, four, four and 4.40. I'm a 5.30 guy. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't need an alarm clock. I don't need an alarm clock. Their cortisol just spikes right away. It's time to get up. We're on at 645, ready to go. All right, when we come back, you want to hear this? It's David Rock. Thornton and Myers are left to the near side of Algalore as they go to throw again. Pass is batted down and intercepted by Roquan Smith. Smith running right. Smith to the 40 of the Patriots. Tiptoes out of bounds on the right side. Fourth down at two. In the gun. Trips to the right. Snap. Blitz is on. Pockets tight. Oh. Bailey Zappi tip. Intercepted Connor Gordon. Down the right side. 30, 20, 10, and shoved out of bounds. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Featuring Lindsey Brown. David Roth is not here. We don't know where he is. We've left messages. Jared has called him several times. We're all very worried. Uh, leave it to, leave it to, on the morning zoo. Leave it to this the first week. Wait, the the I, I see a red light. Oh. I see a red light. Hold on, hold on. Could be David Roth in the defector. I've become so numb. What uh, a banger. We were going to talk about T Swift too. We were. I just am fascinated with the early returns we're seeing on the album sales because. How many people in the world can do what she's doing right now? I thought Bewildered was the album. Bewildered. <laughs> so but no, you said Bejeweled. Oh, Bejeweled. Bejeweled. <laughs> like, no, that's one of the singles. Was it Bewildered or Bejeweled? Uh, no, it's Bejeweled, one of the singles. All right, we have him. It's David Roth and the Defector. Hey, David, how you doing? I'm good. Sorry good. about the no, uh, hiccup there. How are things? Things are well. All right, before we get to baseball, I want to ask you a question. Tyler's not with us yes. today. Tyler's not with us today. He publicly made the announcement that he's not with us today because he's getting a vasectomy. Now, to me, I think that's a lot of information. It's a lot of information to put out over the airwaves. Um, When I miss a show, I just go on trips for the newspaper. And I feel really boring right now. I I don't don't even show up. (laughs) I I don't even tell people. Is this TMI? Is this something we need to put out there? I am wondering if it's something, is he trying to do, is he like a, a big vasectomy awareness guy? <laughs> like letting people know that, I can't, it's not something that I would like choose to, like if someone like asked me how I was doing and I'd be like, not great, I got a vasectomy earlier. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have that conversation with someone. But I do think that if it's the sort of thing where if this is a, you know, it's a public service and you're trying to let people know that. Um, if you want that done to your balls, it can be done relatively yeah. easily. Like, then uh, that's good. Am I allowed to say? I should. I said balls already. Uh, yeah, and that we, was okay, we right? The delay, Fine. so it's out there. There's Great, no, there's terrific. No I know it's Las Vegas. Things are different there. You can yes. say pretty much anything yeah. on the radio. Let's, uh, let's go. I wish him a speedy recovery. That's great. <laughs> yes, he'll be back tomorrow. He might be on clean feed. He might yeah, not be able be to come fine. home with the. He'll be uh, fine. He'll be fine. Uh, press box transition. What do you think about the Phillies? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Seamless. Did they like need the a second? The uh, two minds about the Phillies. Uh, they feel to me like one of those teams that sort of catches the Holy Ghost and runs to the World Series like the Rockies did in whatever, 2007 or the Mets in 2015. I don't think they're actually that good, uh, and yet I would not be surprised if they won the World Series. Like, it's hard to argue with the Team of Destiny vibes there. Uh, this is like the Bryce that was promised. I kind of, I mean, it's hard for me as a Mets fan, um, as a, I guess you would say, a Philadelphia skeptic, broadly speaking, uh, to admit it. Like, they're cool as hell. I have uh, no qualms about rooting for them. Although I'd also be fine if Dusty won a World Series. I'm somehow going into this as, like, completely zen, which is not how I expected to end the postseason that involved the Mets at the beginning of it. But I'm, like, I'm just sort of looking forward to watching these teams play. It has a kind of a nice unstoppable force, uh, unmovable object sort of vibe to it. I don't know if Dusty would know he won. 
<laughs> uh, it's not really a, a priority for him. He's just kind of hanging out. At this point. Hanging out. Uh, I'm in a weird position because I mostly hate the city of Philadelphia, and they're in just such a fever dream of sports fandom because the Phillies are obviously in the World Series. But then you have Eagles-Texans next Thursday night while that series is going on. Should we expect an Anchorman-esque street fight? Yeah, I feel like you just got to keep the, the light poles greased up permanently for <laughs> Like, a friend, one of my coworkers lives there. She was pointing out, so it's like, it's World Series Friday, Saturday, Eagles Sunday, World Series Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Eagles again on Thursday. Yeah. And so this is like, their liver, I know that they've been training for this their whole lives, <laughs> but the human liver can only take so much. And I just don't know that anybody there is really like ready for the challenge that lies before them now. So, well, a uh, police horse is definitely getting punched. What is our... <laughs> right, I was going to say... <laughs> What is our likelihood of getting a free taco with these teams? Are either of these teams stealing anything? I kind of fear not. Uh, the, the Phillies are not really built for that. The Astros are so optimized that it's like, yeah, if they think they got an angle there, then possibly. I don't know. The uh, I, I would love to see uh, like the full Astros experience. Like Altuve's really kind of not been... Uh, especially effective, I feel like, through most of the postseason. But when he's hitting and running, they're extremely tough to beat. And I would love to that. I mean, also, you know, who doesn't love tacos? Like, I feel like this is the sort of thing where America cries out for a return briefly to small ball. And I feel like Dusty is likelier to be the hero that we need. Like, I don't necessarily want to watch, you know, uh, Kyle Schwarber steal a base. Although I would gladly take the taco if that's what it came down to. Talking to David Roth, let's circle back to the ball-cutting conversation. You're a music guy. Uh, There really isn't a bigger name in entertainment than Taylor Swift, who dropped her new album over the weekend. Just considering where the music industry is, sales and everything, just how massive is this release, and why do you think she has such a chokehold on the millennial generation? What an incredible question. How did, uh, <laughs> this is even more unexpected than the vasectomy one. Like I feel like I could probably, you heard it, I got 90 seconds on that. Uh I think with Taylor, all right, so I'll say this. I work with a bunch of people who are grown-ass men and are extremely devoted to Taylor Swift. I have always sort of thought of her as like a uh, like a successful niece that I see a couple of times a year where I'm like, that is, I'm so happy you're doing so well, sweetie. Like, that's awesome. School. Genius. <laughs> but, so, yes, right, yeah. Like, at this point, she's like a doctor. Right. You know, like, whatever it was that she was starting out at where I was like, wow, she sure is, like, having a lot of tumultuous relationships with people I know from the movies. Now she's just, like, doing grown person records, and, like, this is, like, a breakup record, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so, like, I think it's cool that we're watching her grow up. Like, obviously, she's, like, real talented and stuff. I just feel like, for whatever reasons, I'm 43. Like, I feel like if I had too pronounced an opinion on Taylor Swift, like, I would get renditioned, and I would deserve it. Like, I would just, they would just be like, sir, you're not allowed to, to um, like, post about Taylor Swift <laughs> at your age. Like, you should, like, you're allowed to post about baseball. You're allowed to post about how they, like, make the juice too strong these days. But you're not allowed to, like, that's young person stuff. So you have to let it go. But I've got a lot of, like, 31-year-old coworkers that were, like, you know, downloading the record at midnight, but they're not listening to it because they're going to a listening party with their friends the next night. And, like, all those people are grown-ups, too. So it's definitely, it's on me that I'm still thinking of this as a younger person thing. Because it's like, as you said, like millennial generation at this point is like, there's people that's like 35-year-olds. This is all you we know? have. Like the one we were young festival got canceled. We don't have anything else. <laughs> She's also, and you know what, I'll give her points for this too. That like for people that have been famous for like 15 years, 
she's the only one of them that still seems like a normal, high-functioning human being. That, like, so many of the rest of them are just, like, either they're addressing, like, the Terminator or they've executed the, like, Kanye uh, transition oh. to just yeah. anti-celebrityhood. Whereas, like, Taylor just kind of seems like, you know, whatever. She hangs out. She does her tours, uh, like, periodically shows up in a movie or something. And you're like, oh, that's nice. And then, like, that's it. She seems like a, like a human being. So hats off on that. What did, why did it take so long for Adidas to cut ties with Yee? <laughs> Hard to say, right? I mean, I feel like... It's uh, everybody else was able to figure out how to do it. He's obviously a big part of their business, but yes, huge. I'll tell you, man, it's like really a tough thing to like think or talk about. He was never like important, important to me, but that's a guy that like, I have a lot of his records. Like I really enjoyed listening to his music a lot of my life, less and less over the years. And uh, at this point, it's like, I mean, it's clear that he was sort of off the reservation for a while, like where his whole, but, but if he spent the rest of his life, like, sort of running a cult, sort of not, you know, like with little Sunday service things and his own weird little school and stuff. That's a Los Angeles problem. That's not a me problem. You know, like if there's people out there that want to send their kids uh, to be educated um, in the ways of, you know, the Donda curriculum, I'm sorry for those kids, but again, I got other stuff going on. Uh, once you start putting them on TV and you, uh, you know, starts uh, laying out the conspiracies and stuff. I feel like the responsible thing to do is just let him go. I mean, that's how our culture is. Like, there's a ton of rich freaks living in giant houses, and you definitely do not want to know what they think about anything. And the sooner he can get on with uh, living that lifestyle for the rest of his life, I think the better off we're all going to be. What was your greatest Halloween costume? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, it's all, like the early days stuff. I've been watching this with my nephew and niece. Cause like my sister is very devoted to this and it's a lot of work. And I know that I did the same stuff to my mom. I was like, I want to be a Viking. And she was like, well, you're a <gasps> yes. three and a half foot tall Jewish kid in the New Jersey suburbs. Why wouldn't you want to be a Viking? Let's do it. And, and she put, there's pictures you can see like putting together. It wasn't like real fur and stuff, but she definitely like hit the goodwill. Like, I don't think she was sewing stuff. But there was a lot of different layers to this costume, and then there was like a plastic helmet with the horns on it that I wore, which I think is still in the house because everything that's ever been in my parents' house is still there, like in the basement, uh, accumulating water. You'll never know when you'll every... need it, David. You'll never know. Right. This is the thing where it's like, well, we paid perfectly good money at, at uh, you know Spirit <laughs> Halloween for this helmet in 1985. So, <laughs> but it is incredible that like. That amount of work went into it, and I don't. I was probably appreciative, but I think I was like at that age where I was just like, "Oh, this is my Halloween costume. I put it on, okay." And then I walk in a little circle with everybody else from my second grade class. Thank you. Like, I, I should go back and I mean, hours of her life getting me kitted out to be a Viking. Uh, you got to tip your cap. Uh, press box transition before we let you go because uh, we wouldn't. Mister Vasectomy would uh, hate us if we don't ask you. How's the dishwasher? We all right. So, good question. Um, I have a quote oh. on Whoa. what the work would be, but I don't know um, who to contact with it because we are still between resident managers and uh, well, not resident managers. That's so the super uh, is out. Uh, we got an email. He's out uh, one to three weeks with some sort of uh, recovery from surgery. That's fine. Uh, it was just funny to see it phrased like a NFL press release. Like there was like, I don't think he's going to have to go on the, you know, IR or anything like that, but he's not, he's not available. He's on the pup for the next couple of weeks. And then we still don't know about the building management situation, like who I would even be emailing. But, uh, for the cost of a mere $600, I can get a couple of different elect 
electric goal repairs done and then hopefully wow. never have to do any of this again. So I'm not saying the end is in sight. I've said that a bunch of times, but uh, there's a sign of, of progress here. And you, that number seemed high to me, but I would pay at this point anything. I was going to say, you're okay, you're okay with the estimates? I mean, I don't know what to compare it to. It's through the Angie's List thing, so there's probably some accountability to it. It's not just like a guy on the street. But at this point, it's, you know, I would take a knuckle off one of my pinkies just to get this thing over with. Like, it's just been sitting there taunting me for going on a year at this point. Like, we've got other things we could be talking about right now. I just would love to get it get it done. So if it's an extra, you know, $100, $200 for it, that's uh, – I guess I don't know what an opportunity cost is, but I feel like at that point I would be paying uh, just for the experience of not having to think about it. Well, he is David Roth from The Defector. Follow him on Twitter at David underscore J underscore Roth. Uh, you're the best, man. We appreciate all the answering our crazy questions today. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. No, it's a it's a real workout. Appreciate you. Have a good day, guys. <laughs> See Bye-bye. There he is, David Roth. No one like him. Oh, yeah. Everybody's in recovery uh, associated with this show. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like that he now knows Tyler had a vasectomy. Yeah. So that'll that'll play on for about two or three weeks. <laughs> I'll replace the dishwasher storyline, right? <laughs> Just literally first question of the game. Well, actually, I have a question, Tyler. How are your... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I said the word, and then we didn't have the second to seven, seven seconds. Well, I think the word was fine. It's fine. You can say Balls? it. It's just let, let's, let's use it sparingly. <laughs> What's wrong with it? Back after this. I really got bigger fish to fry than uh, Coach Franklin's opinion on uh, the, uh, the halftime tunnel from, from a game ago. I mean, all you got to do is walk into the into their locker room. I mean, I think you saw, saw cl- pretty clearly that they completely stopped. They weren't letting us get up the tunnel. It just seemed like such a sophomoric ploy to try to keep us out of our locker room. And uh, and he he looked like he was the ringleader of the whole thing. So, uh, but now I got bigger fish to fry than worry about that kind of whining. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Featuring Lindsey Brown. Your favorite coach? Yep. Jimmy Harbaugh. Jimmy H. James. Yeah. Those khakis are uh, enduring, to say the least. <laughs> really? Yeah. They have a personality all their own. Uh, you like those? Uh, they're not bad. I mean, there's other options, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of outfit consistency. I think it just takes a lot of stress out of your day when you're just like, this is what I'm going to wear and, and do it most often. And so I, I get the, the whole genius theory. Steve Jobs coined it, I think, most famously. Wear the same thing every single day because he's like, it's just one thing I don't want to have to think about on my list. Are you the four o'clock person when you decide then, or do you decide the night before? Uh, I usually do it the night before, but I just like have you know five or six t-shirts that I'll wear on rotation. I don't know my clothes. Some of my clothes doesn't feel good all of the time, so I have like favorite shirts and pants that will I'll wear over and over again, and then it will go like in the back of the closet for a while. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with food. I'm an individual. Okay, <laughs> you are that. Uh, yes. You know who else is an individual? Bailey Zappi. Facts. You singing Stacy's mom. Did they do? Oh, millennial classic. Did they do Big Mac wrong last night? Little Mac wrong. They did him a little bit dirty, but they did him a little dirty. He's coming off an injury. He's got he has a couple an bad owie. series. He's not playing super well. Like I'm here for internal competition. I, I think it's less about the the quarterbacks and more about. Do we have a coordinator? Does anybody know what's going on still? Are we just doing the reverse engineering with with Matt Patricia? He'll figure it out. He's smart oh, enough. Like I, I place more blame on that than than the quarterbacks themselves. They're both young guys. 
Bears beat the pass 33-14. Mac Jones played three series, intercepted on his final pass of the night. Zappy quickly led two touchdown drives, but two touchdown drives, but uh, ended up a lost fumble and three interceptions to Rokon Smith and Kyler Gordon. Bears, meanwhile, 390 total yards, 11-18 on third round. What happened with Justin Fields? Rush for 83, 13 carries. Montgomery was good. Uh, 23 points after trailing 14-10 in the second quarter. It's crazy what guys are capable of when they have a game plan that is suited to their strengths. <laughs> Right, because they they drew up a bunch of runs for him, and he was able to scramble for for a good chunk of their first downs. And ultimately, I don't think the Pats are a great team, but we know that the Bears aren't either. But if you're the one that is more put together and and you're able just to execute a hair more, you're going to come out uh, on the more side of the success. So Zappy goes the rest of the way. I don't know. I, well, the crowd's calling for. How him. about that? And I felt I like I said I felt bad for little Big Mac. Oh, gives I mean, this kid some adversity. Come on, you're an I Alabama did, quarterback, first round pick. He's probably had everything just, handed to him. I they want next Tom Brady. To they're they're che- they think Zappy's well, the next Tom Brady. Good luck. Yeah, fair enough. But they are grasping for any narrative they can. Because speaking of people that can't handle the lack of success, that is the Bostonian sports fandom. Oh boy, did you see them last night? The kid, his first pass is like incomplete, and they like booed the kid off the field. Yeah, it's like he just it's came rough. back from the high ankle sprain. That's it's not easy to out do. There. Uh, you know who else is rough, and yeah, I, you've got a prediction here. Matt Ryan's been benched. He has an injured shoulder, but it doesn't matter. The Colts have benched him, and Sam Ellinger, who I don't think ever has thrown a regular season pass, is now the quarterback, the kid from Texas. You've got a theory here that's been floating around. Who might be? Are the Colts going to try this again? Are they just with Matt what, Ryan? No, not with Matt Ryan, because even though he, I think he's eighteen million next year, oh, he's eighteen million next year. I don't know if they cut him what they owe him. Uh, but your quick theory here on who might be yeah, uh, who just, might be coming because the Colts are going to do it again. There's a there's a particular number twelve who's not having a great time in his uh, home that might want a little bit of a change of scenery, a veteran team to lead instead. And so maybe we'll get more into it the next hour though. Fifty million though he's owed. Yeah, well, it's Ersay. We'll do whatever it takes. We know that, and he'll make big trades for for big names. Yeah, and I, I still think we we were talking about it during the break. Uh, there's at least eight to ten quarterbacks in the draft. Why don't they just try to finally shove this stuff aside and rebuild and get one of these quarterbacks? They think they're on the cusp, and that that means they need a veteran quarterback, even though uh, everybody's having success on rookie deals for the quarterback position. Just saying, Jim. Take some notes. Stop yelling some notes. at people. Uh huh. <sighs>